0: Thank y'all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Today, I have got somebody that I, uh, I'm i kind of wigging the fuck out that he's on my show because I've been watching his videos and pissing my pants laughing for a couple years now. Uh, probably the coolest ginger in the world besides, you know, for me. Uh, and that is Mr. Ginger Billy. How you doing today, brother?
1: Good, brother. How you doing?
0: Hey, I can't complain. What's the weather like over your way? it's nasty ah it's where, yeah. where you're from by the
1: way i'm from uh union
0: south carolina oh okay cool um yeah man, man well i appreciate you taking time i know you are uh, a busy busy ginger and uh <laughs> <laughs> and i'm excited about this dude uh one of the people that folks have constantly asked me to get in touch with to do my show has been you and uh, I was like, you know what? Uh, bring the, that's awesome. Bring the cool, the two coolest gingers in the world together, and we found out we're thirty three. We're both. Yeah, uh, we, we was meant to do this.
1: We could call this podcast two Gingers No Soul" if we wanted to. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I
0: definitely don't have one, bro. Oh.
1: Yeah, yeah, my. I actually lost mine. If I did have one, I lost it in a card game in a ninth grade chemistry class because I'd done run out of lunch money. <laughs> so I, I bet. Oh. oh Buddy won it, so he's got two souls, I got none. So
0: Well, I hope he did something good with it, because we would have ruined it anyway.
1: (laughs) This is very true.
0: So uh Mr. Ginger Billy, how'd you get started? Or what made you get started in all this? And to be just a phenomenon you've been on YouTube and social media
1: that you've been, man. This was all one hundred percent an accident. (laughs) (laughs) None of this. Was meant to happen, okay? Uh, man, three years. I was, you know, I, I I've got a background in the medical field. I worked for 14 years at the hospital as a respiratory therapist. Okay, yeah. Now, I don't know what in my mind clicked that I wanted to do a video, but one night I saw where Dale Earnhardt Jr. had retired from NASCAR, and I was like, man, this is this is the biggest thing that's happened to rednecks in forever. So. I went and got my dad, who's, who's a big Earnhardt fan. I was like, hey, man, you got any Earnhardt gear? So he gives me this button-up shirt that he had forever and a, and a hat, man. This old flat bill hat. I wear it uh, to this day, Every most videos out on stage. And he looked at me and said, boy, let me tell you something. He said, you mess my hat up or you mess my shirt up, and I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> so <laughs> I put his shirt on, I put his hat on, and I, I played this old Sad Adele song, and that was the first video that I did. And it went, it, it shot up, man. I thought it was something at the point in time. It was like 1.5 million views or something like that. and I started getting contacted from people and I was like, Oh my gosh, man, this is crazy. You know? And, and then a couple weeks later, I saw where the, the romper, that male romper, I don't know if you
0: remember that video, dude, you tickled the shit out of me.
1: Well, see these, I saw where these guys were selling these rompers for men, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to JCPenney here in Union. I'm going to buy a girl romper. And I went and bought one. Well, I was like, just give me the biggest one you got because I got them wide shoulders. So, bought one, had the wife, cut the legs off of it a little bit, went out in the backyard and did that, man. And I wake up the next day and it's got like 8 million views. Ended up like 60 or 70 million views altogether. And I'm getting contacted from all these websites and everything else. And I'm like, man, you know, there might be something to this. Uh, I mean, I had fun doing it. I mean, people just seeing the reaction of people, you know, and and the fact that people liked it and they were enjoying it and they were laughing and people was actually getting along, you know what I'm saying? And and everything. And that was the coolest thing to me. I'm like, okay. So that's kind of what made me decide. I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this. I'm just gonna see what happens. And I never ever meant for it to be a career. I never thought that it would be something that uh, a year into I quit my job at the hospital. You know, and, and man, I'd never ever been on stage before. I'd never done stand-up comedy before, and I had a guy came to me, and and he had had a comedian that I knew, and he was that he had signed. He's like, man, uh, you ever done stand-up? And I was like, no. And he said, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna get you in stand-up a little bit. Well, my first time ever doing stand-up, man, was in front of four thousand people at the Gold Nugget Casino in Louisiana. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. He flies me out there and he's like, you got five minutes. I'm like, well, this is a sink or swim situation, you know? So I get out there and I do it. And I love it. I mean, it's a, the biggest adrenaline rush, biggest high you could ever have. And believe me, I've been high a lot. So that was the best high you've ever had. And that kind of started my stand-up career. Um, and then the two just coincided and, and I've just, for the last three years, man, just been rolling the videos out and, Continuously doing the stand up, and now it's kind of become a challenge to me because a lot of these social media guys, they can do videos, but they can't do it on stage. There's a lot of guys that can do it on stage, but they can't do it on a video. So I want I, I want to do both. You know, I want to be able to. I want to be real deal. Your Tom Segura, your Dave Chappelle, your Bill Burr. I want to be able to do that on a stage, but I want to be able to be my my video guy
0: too you know me and you was meant to be best friends the fact that you just dropped those three names mm-hmm. you, you're a fucking oh man people don't realize do, what it's uh, like when you get on stage bro do what now? people don't realize what it's like when you get on stage and, no, and, and, and when you got people cheering you on and everything it, it's something yeah.
1: that you can't teach but man it's also the biggest challenge in the world to know that you were on a stage. Cause man, when I was doing videos, I was like, man, I can do stand up. You know, I make people laugh on a video, but you get on a stage. These people are looking at you and they're saying, make me laugh. And it is, it's a, it's such an art man, you know, to do it. And it is it just feels, I don't know, like a, the biggest accomplishment in the world to make somebody laugh at you. Um, in that stage,
0: I guess you could say. We'll, we'll laugh with you and not at you. Because you get a lot, yeah. you get a lot of folks who get on stage, just make an ass out themselves, and then walking off, people's like, "Oh, what a dumbass!" But like with yeah. your stuff and real good comedians, then they walk away laughing. We like Chappelle makes himself laugh at every fucking joke he tells. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, and that's the thing, you know, um, right? Being being the laughing at my jokes, not laughing at yeah. me because I, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, I but th- uh,
0: I think that's what your
1: videos though,
0: dude. You. You don't make an ass out of yourself. You're funny, but you don't. There's a lot of people, you and you know, just like I do, uh, folks you see on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, that's doing these videos, they end up just making themselves look stupid as hell, and that's how they get followers or whatever. Your yeah. stuff is just like you're making a joke about something and people's laughing along.
1: Yeah, and see, that's the thing, too. I, I told myself when I started this, that and i know exactly what you're talking about you've got these people that they blow up man they blow up so quick but they have nothing they have it's not really talent it's just stupidity yes and they can only do so much stupid stuff before they they fizzle out yeah they're a big name for a year but after that they're they're not that's like to me the the daddy long neck kid oh i hate Uh, that kid that kid uh the uh the guy that that crew that runs around together they're they just they they look stupid that's it like you know I mean there's no comical I don't structure
0: there it's just stupid there's no sub, you know? there's no substance to it like you no it, it's a one trick pony is what it is it's they found a way to do something they do it and they do it and do it until it wears out it wears thin to where somebody <laughs> like you and other good uh comedians. Um, can change it up and you can go from maybe talking about a romper in one video to, you know, politics in a funny way in the next. Like That's how people keep going is if you see the same thing, if you hear the same song over and over and over, it don't matter how damn good it is, you're going to get tired of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that and, I mean, I, I like, man, I, I've done so many different things in these last three years. You know, yeah, there's times where I just go off on a rant. But there's times where if I see something funny, like, you know, uh, them yogurt breeches I wore, yep. the ones that I, Shit, that was funny. yeah, see, man, I just, I, I love to, I, I want to do, that's like, I, I modify these cars. Now I cut that van into a truck, you know, I, the more things I can spread out and do, I don't want to just be one straight. I want, I want to be able to just be able to branch out and do anything and make it funny, yeah.
0: you know? I don't, I don't know if you follow Joe Rogan at all. I'm a huge Joe Rogan guy. And yeah, I like Rogan, Ooh, He's awesome. And he, he'll tell you straight up, he uh he does the MMA stuff. He does a stand-up. He does the podcast, the number one podcast in the world. And he does all these different things because he doesn't want to be a one-trick pony. He wants to be able to go do whatever. Uh, and I think that's what folks like you – I mean, hell, you've only been doing, what, this three, four years now? Three years. Yeah, you give you we're, – we're both 33. By the time me and you are 40, oh, God, we're going to be fucking the baddest gingers alive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, man. I I keep telling myself right now, if you look, okay, Larry the Cable Guy, Bill Engle, Jeff Foxworthy, those were your blue-collar man. Those guys were huge, right? And they're still big names, but there's not one of those guys right now. Nope. There's no – if you look around – I don't know, and I'm not saying, uh, and this is not in a cocky way, but I can't really name any other rednecks doing what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you can't, and I'll tell you why. It's, uh, it's because it's not that they played it out, but they did a very good job of what they did, but they only appealed to rednecks you are a person that your comedy it goes over that line it's where it doesn't matter if you're a redneck or not you're funny in the stuff that you do there's a lot of people that will find that gimmick the the larry the cable guy the jeff foxworthy thing and as soon as they reach their maximum audience there's no farther they can go people from all different backgrounds think you're funny you 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 don't find many inner city folks or whatever laughing at Larry the Cable Guy, but I see them on your posts all the time laughing their ass off at you.
1: Yeah. And I tell you, man, I, I do. I look at my demographic and I've been very blessed because, yes, I am a I'm a dude, I'm a redneck. I'm from out here in the middle of nowhere country, but I, I look at the people and you're right, man, it's people from, you know, I've got 100,000 fans in Australia. I've got 70 or 80 in Denmark. And then, but the, the, it's different ethnicities, man. <clears throat> you know, it's not just you're, like you said, it's not just you white country folk. It's, it's people just of all ethnicities, all backgrounds. And that is exactly what I wanted. You know, I want everybody to be able to watch my stuff and laugh because I, that just, I don't know, it lets me know that I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing it the right way to know that I'm not just going after one demographic because that really limits. You know, your fan base, especially when it comes to shows, ticket sales and stuff like that, too. I mean, I want everybody to be able to come laugh at me. So and looking at my crowds at these shows, man, it's cool to see the different types of people out there in the crowd. Um, It really is cool. Yeah,
0: but I and and I 100 percent agree with that's the right mindset to have. A lot of people just find their demographic and they go after it. Uh, You expanding like outwards on that. That is what's gonna make you successful or keep you successful, excuse me. And and everything. You just you don't find people like that. Like you see right now, and it tickles the shit out of me. After the election and everything, you had all these people that blew up because they were conservatives or whatever for Trump. <laughs> and now they have no content. They have yeah. they have nothing <laughs> to do. So they have went from up here to just
1: die bombing. Yep. Yeah. Well see that's like, like you just said, and that's why I stay away from politics because man, on my page, people, people get on Facebook and social media and they spend, there's God knows how many of them spend most of their day pissed off about some political post or they're fighting on a damn keyboard. You know, a conservative fighting with a liberal, but they can come to my page and it does not matter what their political belief is they can laugh at my stuff because, you know, I I mean, but there's one guy in particular. I I agree with what you're saying with that. Uh, You ever heard of Graham Allen? Yeah, I know Graham. I like Graham. I truly do. I love Graham. I've talked to Graham before. But to me, these guys put themselves in a corner. Yep. When they go so hard into this political niche that they're in, man, once you're there, that's it, Bo. You're going to build a fan base, but you're going to, plateau off at some point in
0: time well one of of the things that i i I say preach one of the things i talk about a lot is uh i do want unity i want the rednecks to get along with the inner city i want the southerners to get along with the northerners i want the americans get along with other countries and the best way to be is how you are how i strive to be and that's where you don't put out a negative message even when you talk about such of those things. You've kind of got to be in the middle, but you have to be real about being in the middle. Uh, with Graham and some other folks, like you said, they've trapped themselves to where now, you know, I, I pray for the best for our country, and that means that who, people that are in politics, they need to succeed, so we succeed. And I'm not going to paint myself into a corner to where I can't root on other people or – you know, even like you, I believe there is a big enough pie for for what you're doing in this world to what I'm doing in this world. We don't have to knock one another. We we don't no. have to step on each other's toes. Why not fucking help one another, you know? And, well, not
1: just and we're 33 years old, dude. Yeah. Okay? We're adults. This the, this whole fighting that I see all the time is so elementary, man. It's it's kindergarten to me, it looks like something a bunch of kids are doing out at recess. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's just me, me, meh, and it absolutely solves nothing. Nope. It's a bunch of it kids is-
0: that wasn't taught how to share, is what it is. Yeah. And yeah. A bunch of little son- greedy sons of bitches is all it is.
1: Yep. Yep. And it's, it's, it, you know, and it's from both sides, man. It's I'm right, you're wrong. And, and there's no, that's it, man. I mean, and there's so much more to life than that. I don't, I don't have time. I'm on this earth for freaking, you know, this, this long, I'm not going to spit pissed off at somebody else because their beliefs are different than mine. I'm not doing it. Well,
0: when people do that too, brother, it's where like, it's saying, okay, I respect my point of view more than I respect your point of view. No, we're supposed to, even if we differ, let's respect each other and yep. let's, let's not be assholes to one another. Let's set an example.
1: Um, yeah, I got this. It's right. And it's, it's so, hey, people are so ate up with it right now it's just ridiculous yeah that that's why we need more folks
0: like you putting out good content talking good shit making us laugh that don't fucking make us you know you're not making anybody pick a side dude no nah. you're just having fun
1: yeah and I'm, I'm i am man i'm having a blast uh and and now where i'm at too um it feels good to know that people see that, you know, that I've I've done this for long enough now that people can know that they can come to my page and they ain't got to worry about, you know, getting beat down for believing in something or whatever. They can just come laugh at me wearing tight yoga britches or driving a cut-off Ford Windstar through some mud holes or whatever, you know. <laughs> I'm
0: going to have to come to South Carolina and you're going to take me for a ride in that son of a bitch. I got it stuck yesterday.
1: Did you? How'd oh, you, bad. How'd you do that? uh we got 32 acres we just bought back behind the house right here and it's been monsooning for two weeks <laughs> so my buddy thought it'd be a good idea he's like man it, it'll blow up on youtube it'll blow up so of course we go riding through and we're doing good man and then i hit one hole where a skitter got stuck and uh it, she just sunk she's <laughs> but
0: so you decided to take a van through where a skitter got stuck and thought it was a good yeah idea great great content <laughs> oh yeah <Fuck> it. <laughs> any injuries resulting in that
1: Nah, no nah, the, the the old f-250 is fine uh i'm fine my feelings was hurt just a little bit because i mean i was doing good man i was riding through the mud holes like it wasn't nothing Then that right there just it sunk me then two hours later finally we got her out
0: boy people don't realize when you are out mud bogging you having a good time tearing shit up or whatever and you think that you're gonna make it through something and then you bottom out. It hurts your feelings worse than a girl telling you no. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. It does something to your ego. Very, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh ha- have you been surprised by any let's just say celebrity or whatever reaching out to you? Has anybody reached out to you has kinda of just caught you off guard?
1: Not really, man. I've had uh I've had the Hodge twins, which I think are really cool guys. I very much like but- them. I, I, I like them a lot, even though they're on there. you know, that they do the political thing. I like them two guys a whole lot. A um, couple weeks ago, I thought it was really cool, which I've had a lot of people reach out. Um, but me being the big military buff I am, uh, when I put the video out of the F-250 after I'd painted it like the American flag, uh, Dakota Mayor, you know who that is, right?
0: I, I, I'm not familiar, I don't think.
1: Okay, the dude, I want to say it's the Medal of Honor, I think. He's like one of the only living recipients of, I want to say, the Medal of Honor. He was in Afghanistan, I okay. believe, and uh, a lot of his, some of his uh, Marine uh, comrades, they got killed. Okay. And from what I think I read, he wouldn't leave them, and he ended up killing one uh, Al-Qaeda member, and then I think he killed another one with like a rock. Okay. I mean dude is basically a badass you know um and he he messaged me and, and uh just asking if he could buy the F250 <laughs> you know but i thought that was cool uh somebody like him the Hodge twins i mean you know I, I don't know man i i wouldn't say there's anything that's been like super surprising or anything like that um now my tiktok i've had a lot of really interesting people follow me you know on there but Nothing that's been like, oh, my gosh,
0: you know. You, so, do you work with any charities by any chance, any military
1: charities or anything like that? No, no military charities or anything like that. I'd love to get into the – what is it, the touring they do for them? Uh, uh, what's that called? The uh, is it the
0: OS tour?
1: Uh, yeah, something. Yeah, it's something like that. I can't remember the actual name. S-W-S-O-S-W-O or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to do – you know, something for them or, or would love to perform for them or whatever. Cause I, I have people message me who's military or veterans or whatever, and always ask, but I just don't know how to get into right. any of that. I know I'm going to hook you up. We, uh, we work
0: with a organization called mission 22. It's a nationwide organization. And uh, we lose uh, 22 veterans a day to, to uh, suicide with mental health issues on average. And um, this organization not only raises awareness for that, but they come up with programs and I think like 99.9% of them are free programs to where if a veteran is struggling with mental health issues that uh, they they put them in programs and they help them and everything and uh, Good. I I think, I think yeah. you'd be it, I, 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 I knew that you supported military and stuff but uh, you being that passionate and everything about it I'd love to see you like with some of that
1: stuff um, yeah and they would love your ass. Yeah, well, I I have uh, you know I, I get several messages a day, and they mean a lot uh, to me, especially with the ones that suffer from PTSD and stuff like that, and the ones that have been overseas and the stuff they've been through, and to message me and say, man, you know, I suffer from depression, I suffer from this, but I watch your videos and they make me feel better. It just uh means a whole lot to me, man, to know that yeah, I'm making people laugh, but this dude here, what he's done, or this lady, what they've done for this country and i'm making them feel better uh you know That means a lot to me see that so. that right there's the
0: mindset that everybody that does what you do need to have to be honest with you is you, you realize why you get to make these videos and you get to do all this shit is you know because we live in uh a, a, the land of the free because of the brave and yeah and dude uh I get messages, but there is no way I get the amount of messages that you get. So I can only imagine how overwhelming and everything it is, but I, I can, I definitely can see you just being so uplifting and helping so many people just by making them laugh and taking their mind off the bullshit.
1: Yeah. And, and man, there is times, you know, cause for the first year that I did this, I didn't get paid to make videos. I just made videos, you know, um, And then the second year that this rolled around, I started making money on YouTube and I started making money on Facebook and, and all that. And that's when it started getting stressful was when the money came into play. Oh yeah. I started making money and I have to tell myself a lot, man. I have to tell myself when I get stressed, I'm like, dude, you, you know, you started all this, not making a dime to make people happy. So quit, crying and whining about how much money you've made this month. (laughs) You know, (laughs) dude. I've been very, very blessed to make the money I'm making. And I'm so competitive. I always want to make more every month, more every month. And it, that's the stress. I want to be the best. I want to make the most money I've ever made. And, but I, I have to kick myself in the nuts every now and again, like, Hey, Hey, remember why you're actually doing this. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's just been a blessing, man. To be, I get to raise my kid, man. I get to be home with my son every day. You know, uh, how many how many dads get to do that?
0: I mean, yeah, my my daughter's nine, and it is the biggest blessing out of all of this stuff uh, from the podcast and working in radio and everything that I've got to be in more of her life than most of my friends are to their children. And I'm telling you, that alone in itself is payment enough. For, for trying to come up with content and trying to come up with good guests and everything on the show. It, it is it's the fucking world to me, dude.
1: Yeah, it is to me too, man, because the first two years of his life, I was touring, man. I probably did 150 shows or more. So I was working at the hospital full-time three nights a week, and I was touring the other three. So I would come directly home from tour and go back to work. So for his first two years of his life, man, I didn't get to see him much. And then when I got rid of this manager that I had and I started managing everything on my own, now when I do shows, him and my wife come with me. Uh, he walks me out every show. He walks me out. He ain't got no shirt on. He walks out in his little daisy dukes. He, he got his little hat on. So he walks me out every show. He gets to feel the pump of the crowd. And that's my dog barking. But, uh <laughs> hey. But, yeah, man, its it, I've been very fortunate to to have him tag along because I want him to grow up like, man, I did so much cool stuff. You know, I, Daddy brought – I mean, the the, th- the places we get to go, and there's somebody up my door. Hold on one second. No, you go ahead, brother. Better
0: not be the police. Oh, shit. They're probably looking for me if they are.
1: Oh, this is a feller looking for his dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a, a podcast right now. Yeah, you good? Hey, um, you can either get her. She's laying right here. You don't want to sell her, do you? I'll buy her, her from you.
0: There, you I'll buy her from you.
1: Oh, thinking you would. I will. Becky loves her. Sorry, hold on.
0: <laughs> no, you're good. This is funny. <laughs> He's all laid on the couch. Won't get up. I'm like, what's wrong with you, Buck? Where's
1: your sister? At? Here she is, right here. Oh man, no, we um, we found her yesterday. This is the puppy right here, as you can see. We didn't realize Aww. it was our neighbors. Yeah. Didn't realize it was our neighbors. I done took another dog. I was like, this is my dog now. And then he messaged me and he was like, hey, man, uh, I think that's my dog. So he's here to get her. Yeah, You don't want her. I mean, I, 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 buy, I, buy, I buy her, man. She's a sweet dog. <laughs> Becky was like, please don't let him take her. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's laying there. She's laying on the couch with him this morning. You come I apologize here. for no, this no, inconvenience. This is hilarious. This is, this is good. <laughs> i'm sorry be quiet all right you come visit okay Hmm. you You can come anytime special spa treatment (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's she's peeing Uh on your coat (laughs) or is that just rain (laughs) might be a little a little excitement urination going on what is um, it happens to me all the time yeah, now I'm going to tell you, man, uh, she, I mean, she's sweet, but you got a good dog. She, so. She's real sweet. She's had to be worried, man. She yeah. really has, because like, when we brought her home, those, that first week that she was home was real bad. She didn't really want to, she didn't want to be around anybody, because I normally bring her in the yeah. bedroom at night, and I couldn't even get her to come up on the bed. Well. And then the her off dry food, and Gill's girlfriend ended up telling us to switch to canned food, and she started eating that fine. Okay. Well, if you, the food we got, she ate like a champ. So I can tell you whatever. But yeah, if you, if you get her up there and you decide, you're like, hey, I sell her. <laughs> oh, <was> you <laughs> All right. All right. All,
0: right,
1: All right. Love you, pup. All right. Come on, baby. Let's See break. you both.
0: See
1: you, later.
0: Thank you. Yep. Well, I knew we'd have a first of something with you on the podcast today, but I didn't realize yep. it was going to be, you
1: know, uh, Ginger Billy's dog kennel today. Yeah, man, look, uh, when an animal is, you know, stray or something, God puts a big arrow right at my house, and he says, hey, little animal, would you like to have a good home, and they show up at my house. Uh, that dog right there, man, she was a puppy. We went over to my mama's yesterday, and <clears throat> she come running up, and she was skinny, man. She was skinny, she was bony, and apparently she'd done run off and hadn't ate in a week, so of course, I adopted her already, but it's the neighbor's dog so well my son is gonna be pissed <laughs> he is not gonna be
0: happy about this well y'all did a good thing by taking the pup in
1: yeah okay i'm sorry dude i'm sorry that would happen under my no. no, no. I, I, fuck, fuck. I
0: fucking love it no uh that's one of the things about like my show dude is i tried to uh i try to just put real out there for real people and i had a feeling like when i looked at your stuff and like us messaging back and forth before this. Like I knew you were a real dude. And just even how you well, treated that guy, man, that, that I, I appreciate that. And I know the people that love you appreciate you be acting like. That.
1: Well man, you know, that's actually honestly why I got away from the whole uh the, the manager I was with <clears throat> was because dude it was like it was like they didn't this, this production company didn't want you to be who you were. Yeah. You know, I was even told, hey, you're you know, you're not just somebody you're you're more than that. You know, like with meet and greets, man, with meet and greets, people, I don't like making people pay for meet and greets, dude. I figure if you come to my show and you pay twenty five, thirty five bucks for a ticket, you should not have to pay any more money to take a picture with me. And this was something that they were. Oh no, no! You know what? You you've got they they've got to pay money if you don't do it. Blah 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 blah. And there's just you know I, it's just not all like I said. I have to talk myself back about the money thing. And it's not all about the money, man. It's um the fact that the last two years I've gotten to be me, and I haven't had somebody tell me what to do. And I get to be I get to do what I want to do. I manage myself. I manage my shows. I manage my social media. Everything has grown exponentially because people, I think, see the the authenticity. You know, it, it's not. You know, this is just my life, man. I'm. I don't want to. I don't what you thinking. I'm a superstar. I don't what you thinking. I'm Hollywood. I'm just some dude. Well, <laughs> you know,
0: that's probably why you resonate with people so much, though. And I'm sure it's grown more since you didn't have a manager because you quit having to ask. Hey, can I post this? Do you think this is good if I can post this? Or whatever you would do, uh, because then you just get to be you. And that's how somebody really connects, is when yeah. they like us for us. You know, They're going to love you as long as you stay true to you. The second they start thinking you're fake or you're a sellout, oh, you're going downhill and you're going down quick. And
1: I've seen it happen very, very quickly to, to a good many of people because basically that exact reason. <clears throat> they're not they're not themselves anymore, man. They're not. They they don't get to be themselves, and it's not because of them per se. It's because of who's telling them what to do. Yep. You know how so, com- how come uh, there's not a Ginger Billy podcast? By the way, dude. You know I thought about doing that, but to me, there's so many podcasts now. <clears throat> now, if I'd hit it maybe four years ago, I guess, but it, it, I feel like the market is so saturated with podcasts that. I would want to come with something that people have never done before, never seen before. I don't want to just do what everybody else is doing. You know, I've tried to think of ideas and stuff like that, but nothing has hit me to the point to where I'm like, it's worth my time. Uh, no, I I'm, I'm telling you. All right. So it is
0: saturated, but people like you, it blows up. It blows up overnight. Um, and it wouldn't take anything more than you doing an episode or two a week and you having some uh reaching out to folks on social media um or whatever hell i'd help you with it you, you'd strike gold in no time and it's just because people want to hear i mean think about your videos uh your videos as you like to call them your videos are what the longer what's the longest video you've done three minutes all right saying like your TikToks <laughs> are less than a minute right
1: oh yeah man They like 15 seconds to a minute
0: there's people starving to hear what ginger billy's got to say if you've got that many folks that follow you for that short amount of time oh dude they oh my god you don't have to do anything different that's the thing watching a podcast or listening to a podcast is the same thing as what you put out on social media um all you got to do is be you. That is the authentic thing. That is the, the different thing. You don't have to talk about, like I named mine politics, religion, and whiskey. Cause I wanted to name it for all the shit I
1: got fired for. And, yeah. and so, uh, better than, uh, than you know, the name of your podcast being like groping and inappropriate, uh, uh, talking or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah. We, we, yeah. I could have
0: come up with some <laughs> dumbass names, but I tried to, I, I, I tried to market it the right way. But uh, no, dude, you would you would hit a home run over fucking night with it.
1: But you know, one thing I've noticed too, though, a lot of these guys do this because now, like I said, you know, Facebook pays, right? Yeah. Um, and I noticed like a lot of these guys before Facebook paid, they put out a video maybe once or twice a week, okay. Yeah. But now they've gotten greedy, and I see guys posting three to four videos a day. And, dude, you can look at their following. Their following has dropped because people don't want to see you that many times a day. Nope. Okay? It's just it's obvious that you're being greedy is what it is. And you can look at their views are dropping off. I mean, their fans are dropping off. But to me, I like to post once, maybe twice a week, because to me, that's not too much. You know what I'm saying? People say, oh, well, I wonder what he's up to, and they want to tune in to see what you're doing. What you know, is, I, I don't want I don't want to uh, smother people. I guess you would say.
0: I hundred percent agree with you on that. And when you get these folks that are posting so much, not only do their views drop, but the level of their content drops. Sucks. Sucks. If you if you will take the time to do a video or two a week, and you actually think about it first, it's just like writing a skit, I, uh, or anything like that, dude. Take your time with it. Perfect it first then do it. Uh, If you jump the gun and you're posting four a day or whatever a day, you're not thinking shit through. And then – garbage. Yeah, it's garbage. Five days later, you're like, fuck, I could have made that better.
1: Yeah, but see, these these people don't care, man. And see, that's the thing. with Like, with my videos, if I don't think it's going to get at least a million views, I don't post it. Yeah. I mean, if you look, every one of my videos on my Facebook has got at least a million views. And, that man, I have – I will record – and record and record and I'll be like, I'm not posting. I will record all day. I will edit it and I'll look at the video. I'm like, nah, that's garbage, and I'll delete it. I mean, I I'm just I've gotten to the point now to where I critique myself so much that it it's almost a bad thing sometimes. I don't think it's
0: a bad um, thing at all. I think that you have the right mindset. You would rather put out quality than quantity.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd rather me get a video out. And get five million views and make that chunk of money than me have to make 10 videos that ain't worth a crap to make the same amount. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're
0: actually intelligent.
1: <laughs> I made <mean>, Well, <laughs> you're not you're not well, greedy and you're smart. Yeah, I do think things through. And um, yeah, the the greed I'm seeing, man, I've I've seen it so much. The greed, it just it's destroying people, man. I mean, the, the, it's destroying their their content is destroying their pages. Between the greed and just um, the fame, the internet fame. It's like, bro, you ain't Tom Cruise. You know, uh, just the way they want to act because they got a little bit of a following on uh, on Facebook or on social media plus the money. It, it ruins people. I've seen it a lot.
0: Well, it's people who <laughs> they probably start off getting a little notoriety from being themselves. And then once that kind of wore off because it was wearing thin, then they start trying to do what you do or somebody else does. And then they become unauthentic. And then when that happens, it's just all fucking downhill. And it's, it's a joke. They start losing money, so they start trying harder. And when you start trying harder at this, the second you start putting too much pressure on yourself to be funny
1: or entertaining, you're screwed. Yep. Yep. You're not funny. When you're trying to be funny, and you're pushing yourself. You, you know, that's when you, everybody, people can tell. You know, you become cringy and weird, and that fucking weird <laughs> kid real quick, like. Yep, yeah. But I'm gonna tell you, man. The, you know, being in three years now, every time I release a video, I'm like, well, there goes that idea. Now what? It gets harder. You know what I'm saying? Like, it gets harder and harder and harder because it is just. What can I do now? What can I do that nobody else has done? I mean, a billion videos get posted. You know, they get posted every day. So it's like you've got to be authentic without somebody saying, "Oh, you're copying that guy." You know, it is. Uh, it gets very it gets very stressful to try to make sure you're authentic, or you can just be like these people who aren't, <laughs> and they yeah. just See, You know, I, I have
0: I have a notepad in my phone. And every time I come up with a good idea, whether it's for the show or whatever, I write it down, and then I'll go back and I'll read through them and I'll weed out the good ideas and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. and everything. I about imagine you probably do something like that, don't you? Because you, you you probably are like when you get an idea that's something funny, you probably can't act on it right then, but uh, mm-hmm. you want to set it back.
1: Yeah, dude, I got like probably about forty yellow notepads laying around <laughs> the house. I mean, just laying all around the house. So I'll walk through and I'm like, Oh, idea. And I'll just find a notepad and I'll write it down. But man, my brain works so weird. Like I will not have an idea for, I mean, two weeks, man. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, Hey, this, 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 and this, that was like, you know, I came up with the, uh, the F two fifty band truck or I I turned it into a tater tank. So I had those ideas. Then I had the lawnmower dirt bike video you know it was like these great ideas back to back to back and that's that's how my brain works it's like okay i gotta rest for a minute just give me a couple weeks and then it'll be like hey let's do this this and this and then i'll pop them out and then it'll be like all right i gotta sleep again
0: well (laughs) you know i'll tell you one thing it all really depends too and you you have to know this because you've been on tour with the extremely funny people uh creativity drives creativity so when you're in like a place where kind of folks are negative or nobody's really got your mindset, you probably don't come up with a lot. But when you're around other people and they're firing off their shit, you probably are firing at full cylinders.
1: Dude, I never have anybody. <laughs> I never have anybody. Really, you got to become me, better friends, bro. <laughs> oh, look, let me show you something. Okay? okay. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. You see my neighbors? <laughs> okay i have i have like nobody in my county you know i mean i don't I don't really have anybody to bounce ideas off man everything that i've ever come up with it's just you know i i mean i would love like but, but like you said now there's been times where you know i've been around other people and yeah it, when you get a little bit of a help a little bit of spark man it's like that but 99.9% of the time, I'm, you know, it's just me. I don't have time to meet with anybody. My schedule is so darn hectic every day that it's just basically me laying in the bed every night with my brain saying, okay, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? You know, but I mean, it's got me this far. So I guess it just keeps do-
0: working. You're doing fucking great, dude. You're, you're, you're doing, <laughs> I promise you, you're, you have got, it's just something, and you've been around these folks just like I have. You've got something you can't teach. You, you've got something that, even at 33 years old, you know, you're doing what you're doing, I'm doing what I'm doing, and we're really driving ourselves. And for most folks that are in our shoes, they're relying on other people to help them. But you can tell with you, dude, you, you've got a game plan. You're sticking to it. It's working for you. As long as you don't veer off your game plan, plan and you keep being the funny son of a bitch that you are, you're fucking golden.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I think I was blessed to, to be an only child, which helped me with an imagination. Um, you know, I man, I lived out in the middle of nowhere when I was little, there was no kids around. So I really had to use my imagination. I had like 14 imaginary friends, you know? So, uh, I just, I, I think I, I chalk it up to that partially. Um, but I, I don't ever see me, I guess you could say veering off this course. You know what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know why my mind works the way it does. I don't have a clue of why these ideas come up, but I'm thankful they do. <laughs> you know, it could be the six years I spent on pills. <laughs> I yeah, know. I, I was going to probably...
0: I was going to ask you about that tattoo and if it had a real meaning because it looked like it.
1: Oh yeah, it guys got meaning. Um, yeah, man, I my early 20s. Let's say I'm 33 now, about 20. 21, I fell in love with pain meds. Uh, but you know, the crazy thing was, man, it was me and all my friends at the same time, uh, which is how it seems to happen. Um, all of us, all me and my good buddies, we all got addicted to painkillers. <clears throat> but you, nobody ever knew, except for the guy, the people who dealt the drugs to me and my friends that I would get high with. Nobody ever knew outside that little circle, man. I kept it secret for six years. I mean, I, I held down a job at the hospital in the medical field, <clears throat> uh, you know, but I mean, it was to the point where I was, I was snorting eight to 10, 30 milligram Roxy on up my nose a day. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I was high. Yo, no, no shit. Yeah. But six years of that, man, I finally, you know, I I cleaned up. I I realized I was growing up, you know, I was getting older and I had to, I was either, a lot of my friends was either in jail or they'd overdosed or, you know, a good many people I knew were were dead Um, because of that. A good many of them I knew was in jail and I somehow fortunately never got arrested. Of course I never died. Um, So that was when I was like, yeah, it's time to clean up. And I went and got help and, you know, eight years later, here I am. But I think that's got a lot to do. With, I think it changed my brain chemistry, <laughs> yeah.
0: dude. It God, it's a lot of shit. Uh, so I didn't go through the pills. I went. I I, I battled with depression and anxiety most of my life. I didn't know it until uh, I had a suicide attempt in 2010, and that was the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. When I came out the other side of it i completely changed my my train of thought on a lot of stuff and uh, my daughter's name is gracie because uh after i pretty much swore to myself that i was not going down that road again i was going to deal with my depression and all this stuff uh she was born about nine months later after the whole thing that's why she's co- I, I call her my saving grace and hey, that's all. thank you sir and uh, so i felt like it was my mission the past, ever since I've got this platform the past couple of years with being in radio and other things, to where I want to share my story and my battles with depression because I want to help people. Folks here in, especially, I'm mean, over 33, dude. Um, the fact that that was years ago for both of us is so helpful for people to hear that we're human, especially somebody as big as you, because uh, it's going to help somebody. Like I'm sure you share it a good bit anyway. But Man, I share it on stage. I mean, it, it's yeah. part of my
1: secret. You know,
0: I mean, it, it helps so many people. And as much as we probably like the money and we like everything else comes with it, uh, you seem like you have an extremely big heart. And being able to help others by telling our story—that's—that means more to me than anything else. And I think that's why we are succeeding in things is because most folks wouldn't open up about that, dude. Most folks wouldn't say, hey, I used to snort 30 Roxy Cottons a fucking every couple of days up my nose.
1: Yeah. Well, my mama was not happy uh, when I made the video and posted on Facebook. Uh, my mama is the best woman in the whole entire world, man. She, she was a single parent. Um, my daddy at two years old, the dude, you know, was, I mean, into drugs, into alcohol, and she took me out of that situation Raised me as good as she could, which she did an amazing freaking job. And she had me in church every morning, Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday. And she had never done alcohol, never smoked or anything. So when I came out about that, especially when I came out to it in the public, you know how it is, man. She was, oh, you know, people didn't know that. You had a lot of people didn't know that. I'm like, I don't care. I mean, Look at me. Look, I'm trying to show people that, yes, I was an addict for six years. I was broke for six years, high for six years. But now, look where I'm at. Yeah, it's not, it, it's not about how you
0: start or even the road that you're on. It's, it's about how you end. And, man, that, that's inspirational to so many because, you know, there's somebody out there that watches your stuff, and they're like, fuck, I'm struggling right now. I, I'm really struggling, and I just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, our stories aren't over yet. But as you can succeed, everybody hears, like, The Rock story or whatever. And I love fucking anything to do with The Rock. Uh, yeah. But where he talks about, oh, I had $4.55 in my bank account when the WWE offered me a contract, changed my world. Well, that's not going to happen to everybody. But somebody like you that was struggling with addiction, uh, you came out the other side and just, you know, Five or six years later, I mean, look at you now. That 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 can help somebody so much because it's a realistic story. Even though I doubt they could probably be as funny as you.
1: Well, and see, man, here's the thing. Even when I do, when I sobered up, dude, uh, it was actually when I met my wife. Um, see, I'd moved uh, down to Columbia, South Carolina, because I was <laughs> I was engaged to another girl. Okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I worked at the hospital down there where I met. The girl who would be my, who is my love, will uh, wife now. Well, I sobered up right around that that time. Uh, left my fiance for my wife, who was Leah, and I got fired from my job. Man, <clears throat> now that girl got the girl I broke up with. Got me the job I had. Well, I had never gotten in trouble, never been wrote up, but after I broke up with her, somehow I got fired. Okay, so I get fired. Well, my wife or girlfriend at the time, she had a house with two roommates, okay? <clears throat> well, the two roommates were helping her pay the bills and all that stuff. The house, of course, was in my girlfriend's name. Well, the two roommates, just leave her. Just leave. Leave her with all these bills, all right? Here I am fired, so I move in with her, and I go get a job as an electrician's helper, okay? Dude, I am making $8 an hour. I have never worked with electricity in my life. I'm getting shocked. Every day, electrocuted, not knowing what I'm doing. All right, and I mean, the first year me and her were together, it was rough, dude. I mean, it was rough. I was sobering up. We were broke. We had nothing. We could. I was scraping change from my ashtray to of, try to pay for gas. And slowly, <clears throat> through that six-year process, we, through being tough as hell and and just working our butts off, got out of that. But I mean, you know, it's not an easy road, dude. I mean, you know, yeah, I sobered up, but right there when I was beginning to get sober was the worst, one of the worst times of my life. You know, I could have easily said I'm going back to pills." Well, I I, I
0: believe, and I I believe this to the day I die. uh, You you said you had to grow up going to church and everything like that. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm not an example setter, but I'm a Christian. I I love the good Lord and everything Jesus has done for me. Um, But I believe that there's a lot of people like me and you that are probably hard-headed. I'm going to guess you're just as hard-headed as I am and stubborn. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think that the good Lord, before he blesses you, he almost breaks you. I think he he puts you to the test to where if you're going to receive a real blessing like your wife and your son and everything, I think he tests you so tough to see if you're worthy of the blessing or not. Well,
1: I'm going to tell you, dude. There was never a time in my life ever where I honestly would say, you know, God, what, what's the deal here? And basically to the point where I was mad at God, dude, pissed off, like, you know, like to the point of where I'm like, I'm, I'm just done with, with that. If this is all happening to me, there's no way that somebody up there would allow this to happen. I was to that point. I'd never been like that in my life. I mean, I was so bitter. Um, which it could have been my brain coming back. My synapses firing off too, from where the drugs was coming out of me, but you're right, man. I mean, it, 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 put us to the test, but dude, I'm gonna tell you, it made mine and her relationship so freaking strong, man, because we went through that at the beginning and we have the best, I, I I'm telling you right now, I have got to have the best marriage in the world. I mean, I am very fortunate. She's the hardest working woman. And she puts up with my bullshit all the time. Like she is just, she is the total opposite of me, man. She is so chill, so laid back. And here I am a hundred miles an hour, high wired. And she is just alone for the ride. But you know, I've told her several times, I'm like, baby, you can quit your job. She's an Orion. I'm like, you can quit your job. You can just stay at home with the kid. What did she do? She's in nurse practitioner school now. You know, she's got another year left. She is just, she's one of them, uh, I N D E P E, you know, the independent girls that don't need no man. That's what she is, dude. She don't need me, you know? Uh, but she is a hard worker. And I, I was very, very lucky to to meet her cause she's, we've toughed it out. And, and, uh, it's made us a very, very strong couple. Those things that are forged <laughs> in fire are hard to break, sir. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I'm lucky to have her. That's for sure
0: uh you know most folks that do social media their their wives or their husbands usually can't stand it but it sounds like your wife is very supportive of everything that you
1: do dude one million percent i mean now i tell you when this all first started i called her (laughs) it's probably wasn't the best idea but i called her five minutes before i was going out on stage one night and this wasn't when i was making like great money but i called her i said hey uh I quit my job at the hospital and she was like, Oh, okay. And hung up. Well, 10 seconds before I'm supposed to go out on stage in front of a crowd of 3000 people, she calls me back crying. I can't believe you quit your job, you know, all upset and everything else. And I'm like, okay, baby, it's all right. You know, because I've always tried to be one of those people that I don't take a step forward unless I know it's the right step forward. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't try to do anything blindly. And so I quit that job and I worked my butt off. And now, you know, we're, we're very fortunate, very blessed to have what we have and I'm making good money and all that stuff. Um, but that was the only time she was skeptical of me. But then after she saw that I will do anything in my power to make sure my family's got what they need, she don't question anything I do anymore. So
0: man, that, that right here is why you're going to be around for a long, you're just starting. And having, having that train of thought, dude, and that mindset is why you will be around a hot-ass minute. And when all these other social media folks flare out, you'll be doing something else. You, you won't be stuck to just making videos. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll be able to do whatever the hell you want, and you'll be able to do it soon.
1: Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing, man. That's the whole reason I went to stand-up too, man, because what if the internet crashes? Yep. You know, what? what if these videos don't pay no more? then what's these old social media boys going to do that can't get on a stage and throw a joke out. So, you know, and, and I, like I said, man, I am so competitive that I just want to be the best at what I do. You know, there's no way I'd get on a stage if I didn't think that I was good enough to get on a stage, you know, (laughs) there's plenty of people that'll do it, you know, but, um, I I just, and and of course doing shows, man, it was like this weekend. I had four shows in Greenville, South Carolina. All four of them sold out. I I got, I didn't even know I had three shows in Greensboro, March 5th and 6th. I thought I had, I think one show and my buddy calls me and he says, Hey man, I just want you to know all three of your shows sold out. I said, well, I didn't even know I had three, but Hey, that's cool. You know? So we had a fourth. So to know that my shows are selling out. You know, once Corona's gone, man, we're gonna we're really going to be touring all over the U.S. and in some big venues. And that, like you said, going on stage in front of people is the biggest adrenaline rush you'll get. People, you just know, don't, so. people don't understand
0: it. Well, uh, I think that's how we end this. Uh, I know everybody's already knowing where your social media handles are, but drop them real fast. Let them know where they can find you on social media in case they're living under a rock and ain't heard of you.
1: Yeah, well, you can find me on Facebook, Ginger Billy. Find me on TikTok at, I want to say the Ginger Billy or Ginger Billy. It's one of them. It's 3.8 million followers. You can find it. Uh, Instagram is Comedian Ginger Billy because some douche wanted to put comedian in front of it. It wasn't my idea, management. And uh, YouTube's Ginger Billy. So
0: y'all check me out. Cool, brother. Well, uh, man, I, I appreciate it, and thank you for coming to do this old country Boys show. And uh, hell, anytime you want to bounce some ideas back and forth off of each other, I think you are extremely talented. Uh, if you don't, if you ever want to do a podcast, let me help you get it started and everything. That is one thing I'm doing. I'm finding folks off social media. How you said that the internet might crash one day. There's a yeah. lot. There's a lot of folks I'm reaching out to that I think have talent from me working in radio and knowing what it takes to do this. I, I think you could be one of the top podcasters. I think that if you, if you did it, uh, you would, you dude, you'd fucking destroy it. You're,
1: I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I, I hope, I hope I gave you a good interview today. Oh, I you, hope, uh, you did, you did. Uh, I just,
0: okay. got, I just got to talk you into sharing it on social media. Now, if you don't mind,
1: where you want me share it?
0: Any damn where you can, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well how do i uh you're gonna have to i guess email me and tell me how this i got you i tell you what when we get off of here if you'll hold on a second once i tell folks bye um meaning stay on zoom for a second and i'll hook you up with that information and uh everybody i'm telling y'all go check this guy out he's authentic he's real he is uh he, he he's got a good heart i very much very much appreciate your interview and your time today uh mr ginger billy thank you for everything you do and uh I hope you keep doing it and keep being a badass, sir. Appreciate it, man. Thank you all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast. I'll catch you all next time.